Yeah, this uh, uh, Formica table like this? With, the, with these legs, this is like straight 50s. I guess the 80s is as long as I remember. <laughs> you know, wait, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 40 next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so, right. um, so you 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 remember the end of the eighties? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I was in first grade. You you remember the eighties like I remember the seventies. Like I was there. Yeah. I was I was there. I, I mean, I remember like jumping around on a little trampoline and like, you know, trying to like break dance. You know, as a little kid, <laughs> but like that's about trying it. to break dance. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Everyone tried to break dance. In the, I, I remember trying to break roller dance. skating was big. Yep, yeah, yeah, roller skating was big. There a lot of roller skating back in the 80s. I used to go to uh, Roller Kingdom in Tingsboro. Um, it was like... Did you ever go to Roll in America in Lemonster? No, but I, I have heard of it for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's why I used to go to Roll in America in Lemonster. Yep, so I had these Lego... These roller skates are made of Legos or whatever. And what? Was, yeah, they were like Lego roller skates. I don't know, and that was my shit. I just, I never had roller skates, it just went Yeah, and uh, I used to go, they'd do the races, you know, and you'd get like a free soda or something, and I would always win the races. Right, you gotta like shoot the duck, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, do the hokey pokey. Oh yeah, that's what it's all about. Alright, alright. <laughs> Speaking of the hokey pokey, we're back here, Golden Hour, episode eight, with a one-of-a-kind guest, Mr. Dave Woods, a.k.a. Woodsy. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's a pleasure. Um, so for those of you who don't know, Dave uh, basically built everything skateboarding related around the greater Burlington area and beyond. Um, Until I... recently. Yeah. Well... I didn't do Burlington. Oh, all right. Well... And, uh, I didn't do the Burton Bowl. But yeah, I built a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. What, uh, how long have you been in Vermont? Because you're originally from... 20, um... 20 years. Originally from Shirley, Mass. But yeah, I moved up here in uh, like April of 2000. Mm -hmm. Came up and actually built the Burlington Skate Park and then never left. Yeah. I'd actually been up the year before. I came up in 99 and built um, the vert ramp that Burton had with my friend Gormley. The and green one? Uh, it was, yeah, it was gray, then it was blue. Oh, okay. Maybe it was green for a while. I think it was green, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I built that with my friend Gormley in 99 and met Hannah. And uh, went, went back to Mass for like a year and then came up and built the Burlington Park and then and stuck around. Yeah. How did they, uh, how'd they seek you out to get you up here to do that? Um, Gorm, my buddy Gormley knew people at, um... Um, who worked at Burton? Okay. And uh, I had done some work with him. I like he worked at Waterville Valley, so I uh, helped him build a park at Waterville Valley, in like '98, '97, you know, somewhere in there. Um, started building parks, and uh, they contacted him to come up and build this huge ramp. And he's like, "What's he?" He's like, "I, I can't build this thing. I need you. To, I need you to come help. up and yeah, help." <laughs> and uh, yeah, we came up and we, we built that thing in like three weeks and had a great time. We like. Pretty much instantly fell in love with Burlington. Like it yeah. was, you know, it was a cool, cool town, cool vibe. Like the lake, the mountains, really good skateboard scene. Um, yeah, it was just cool, and I just, you know, always, you know, liked it, loved Burlington from day one. Yeah, and I'm sure Hannah had something to do with yeah, you sticking around. Yeah, that, 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 you know, that <laughs> was uh, that was definitely the deciding factor. Yeah. So at this point, how, when did you actually get into skating? I guess let's let's take it back a second. Mid 80s, you know, 1985, 1986, like maybe like eighth grade. Okay. Kind of like that, like that big wave, like kind of like all the skate parks in California closed. And then like, you know, the whole street skating thing kind of started to happen and vert skating was happening. Um, and they're like this little town that I was in. There was just like a bunch of kids who skated. Yeah. And uh, just started skating with all the homies and. One of the big things was my friend Tabor, who who owns Eastern Border. He had lived out in San Diego, and when Delmar closed, he moved back to Shirley, and he built a vert ramp. And he was he was a little bit older, but he would let all the, you know like all my friends go and skate there. Yeah. 
and we could skate his ramp like on Sundays. So like all of a sudden there's like this really nice vert ramp with like these older dudes who like all took us under their wing and like, you know, kind of taught us how to skate vert. Are you at this point, are you like instantly dropping in on vert? Because this is a whole different era, obviously. Like I've been skating 25 years. I've dropped in on vert once. So it's like, <laughs> um, I mean, at that time, like there was nothing else to drop in on. The first thing I ever dropped in on was nine feet tall. That's insane. And uh, you would just like pump up to the top. You know, you learn how to do a backside grind. You learn how to do a frontside grind. And once you get like backside frontside grind, it was like, all right, you're ready to drop in. Yeah. And like I, I went like one day and I, I dropped in like three times and I bailed all three times. And then uh, and I had to leave. My dad was like waiting for me. He's oh. like, oh, you gotta go. I'm like, oh, I just want to do this. Like, I'm like, I'm on it right now. I can do it. Got the courage built up. Yeah. And then, and then this other kid who had had a vert ramp, he cut it down and made a mini ramp in like another town. And we went and skated like this mini ramp. And you know, mini ramp, it was still like six feet tall. Yeah. And I dropped in on that like no problem. And then went back and, you know, could then dropped in on the nine footer. Yeah. So, but it wasn't like today where, you know, you can like, oh, there's a two foot ramp and a four foot ramp and a six foot ramp. You kind of work your way up. It was like, there's no ramps around. Like it's, it's nine feet or, or nothing. Yeah. I don't think I even learned to drop in for probably at least two or three years into skating just because we didn't have anything. You know what I mean? I was, I think I started skating around 96 or something like that. Like really skating around then. And there, I don't think there was a quarter pipe within 100 miles. Of here. <laughs> you know, probably until you came. Right. I mean, at one well, point we had that little tent park. Well, there was a vert ramp on UVM's campus. Oh, really? Like in... It had to have been... I, I don't even really know. I've just It's kind of like this myth, rumor thing yeah, that I hear about. That's definitely before From certain people, you know, from people who are, you know, like my age. Like, oh, yeah. Eddie O'Gara came there and like did a demo. Like he was the only person who ever did any tricks on it. And I think it might have been there from like you know, 87, 88. Like supposedly, I don't know. Someone might know more than me. UVM had a skateboard club and they built a vert ramp Weird. somewhere on campus. Um, I've never seen a photo. I've never seen a video. It's just like this legend that yeah. you hear about. So yeah, if anyone's got any uh, proof of that, send it over my way. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, <laughs> but. Now they probably have a longboard club, more likely than not. Probably. <laughs> Which is all good. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, like skateboard clubs. I mean, whatever. Everybody skateboards now. Yeah. It's not like back then. Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, we're in one of those waves again, as, as you said. You know, it's like, you know, it seems like things kind of toned down a little bit, and then they just, or now they're just full on. You right. know? I mean, well, I think the pandemic, you know, everyone was looking for something to do that they didn't, you know, you couldn't be on a team, you couldn't go to a gym, you couldn't... What can you, you can go outside and skateboard? Like that's the best thing about skateboards. You don't you don't need you don't need a team. You don't need a coach. You need a skateboard and some ground. Yeah, and it's and now it's in the Olympics. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that's the cool thing about skateboarding. It can be whatever you want it to be. If you want it to be a sport, and you want to like take it to that level and train and go and compete. It can be a sport. It can be a discipline like karate that you do yourself. It can be art. You know, it's, it's you can do, it can be whatever you want it to be. So it's if you don't if you're not down with the Olympics, don't pay attention. You yeah. know, you don't go do some wall rides. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So uh, I guess we'll fast forward a little bit here. Um, so tell me about kind of the whole conception of talent and how and you know um, I'm sure we'll have Hannah on at some point too, and I'm sure. You guys will have some shared perspective, but kind of, you know, tell me more kind of about your your role and what, if not. So I moved up in 2000, built the Burlington Park, and Hannah was managing the B-side, and, uh, and I had worked at Eastern Border for years. So, you know, I, I forget the other parks I did at that, around that time. You know, I was doing some parks here and there in New Hampshire, Mass, traveling around doing parks, but like once fall came... I went and worked to the B-side for the winter. Sold some snowboards, did some snowboard tuning. At some point, we built a ramp in the back of the B-side. And I forget exactly when that was. I don't know if that was that fall or the I next fall. I think it fall. was like 2000. I think it was that fall, yeah. actually. And uh, just through all that, like, man, you know, Burlington's such a cool town. There's tons of skaters. Like, somebody should open a skate park. A skate park would do really well if someone opened a skate park. And, you know, everybody would talk, dude, Burlington needs a skate park. And just one day, Hannah and I just looked at each other and like, well, who else is going to do it? Like, if, so, if someone's going to do it, it's going to be us. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we started working on a business plan. The summer of 2000, I built um, a bunch of parks. I, I, was, I built parks all over New England, Londonderry, New Hampshire, Greenfield, Mass. You know, I did, you know, basically made a bunch of money building skate parks and just put it all into opening talent. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we did that. That was the fall of 2001. But like we spent the summer like working on a business plan. And, I remember like, when it was a rumor. Yeah, when you yeah. guys came down to the waterfront one day and you're like, shh, on the low, but there's going to be an indoor park. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, I had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, but, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, yeah. and uh, it seemed like it was feasible. You know, skateboarding was definitely going off at that point, you know, it was, the 90s had been good, the X Games were going off, like, there was just, it just seemed like there was a lot of momentum in skateboarding, and... Uh, that was the year I started filming, actually. Yeah, it was 2000, 2001, right around then. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we we got the space, we got a loan, we got the space, we signed a lease, and and we went to town. And what What's that conversation like when you're going to the bank, you know, and not you're? I'm, it's certain that you're the only time they've ever funded a skate park, right? So right. it's like. You're kind of coming in with this, um, you, know, and, you know, the numbers have to match up, and you have the credentials and whatnot, but were they kind of like, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, the, I remember, like, the, the guy at the SBA, the Small Business Association, you know, we, like, went with, the, he gave us, like, this spreadsheet to, like, work out our numbers, and we worked out the numbers, and we're like, we're gonna, like, make, like, three million dollars our first year. <laughs> yeah, totally. And the guy's like, all right, so cut that number in half. Then cut it in half again, and then like cut it in half again, and if you can still be in business, maybe it'll work. Yeah. And that's what we did. We really scaled everything back, and yeah, we we uh, we, we we never made three million dollars. <laughs> no. Well, um, that took a couple more years. Huh? We we never we never we never got to that point. It never it was never that good. Um, well, but yeah, we went to the bank, and I don't know. Like again, like it was skateboarding was it was on TV, and you know. People knew Tony Hawk. He had done the 900. Like, I don't know. It seemed like it, it had enough clout that people were more receptive to it. Like, it never really seemed like that big of a hurdle. There were, I think the landlord was a little bit of a bigger hurdle. And uh, Well, obviously, I'm sure it helped the fact that you were also building it. So it's not like you're outsourcing the labor as much. I right, mean, you know. right. We, we did everything ourselves. But we... We definitely, we, we met, we didn't meet with a few landlords, but we inquired with, on a few spaces and where the landlord was like, skate park, skateboarding, nope, not interested, no thanks. Because liability and just the... Just everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. You know, just the, weren't interested. Like, it was just like, it was a hard no, not, no, no conversation. He was had. picturing a bunch of Bart Simpsons hanging around yeah, the parking lot. <laughs> which, you know, it's not really inaccurate, but yeah. uh, we met with Randy Munson from South Burlington Realty. And, uh, you know, he had a reputation of kind of being a hard ass and, and, uh, we met with him and, and we got along with him great. He liked us. We liked him and, and they were good to us for many, many years. They, they yeah. were, they were great to work with. And he said, you know, yeah, go for it. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. He brought his kid there when we opened and it was cool. All right. Shout out Randy. Shout out Randy. Um, so what, for people who don't know, what was, what was the opening Day or when what what was that right around Christmas time? Yeah, it was oh. uh, December twenty second, two thousand and one. Yep, the beginning uh, of an era. Yeah, and like the <laughs> the paint wasn't even drying the ramps. I mean, we were just like, well, I was there. I was there when the paint was still in the yeah. Walls. The, the the paint was still <laughs> tacky, and uh, yeah, everyone's wheels were blue that day. Yeah, so that's that's what will forever be known as Talent One Point right? Yeah, and um, yeah, talk a little bit about you know just. Some of the kids who, you know, later grew up in talent and who turned out to be pro and just kind of like you seeing that progression and... Yeah, right off the bat, I mean, there's so many kids that are so good. I mean, we saw so many kids come through there who got so good, that were so talented. You know, everybody knows, you know, the Colin Hales and the Dave A. Bears and the, and the Marshall Heaths. Um, and, and those guys are all sick. Um but there's also people like the the Anders and Aiden Malines mm -hmm. that, you know, were amazing skateboarders but went on to, like, have other careers. I mean, I, I don't even know what those guys do. They're, those, those guys are so smart. I don't even know what they do. They're making three mil. Yeah, they're making, they're making a lot more money than if they were pro skateboarders, that's for sure. Um, but them and at Sawyer Dean and... 
man, Trevor Mitchellack and, you know, Cody Hale and just so, Andy Rector, just so many good kids that, yeah. I mean, I just saw so many good Sean people. Sean Ziegle, shout out. Yeah, Sean Ziegle, <laughs> Sean Stam, like. Yeah, I mean, those sessions were, would get heated. I remember we would go there and I would skate from open to close. Like, just yeah. just even thinking about that nowadays is insane to me. Because if I skate for an hour now, like, I'm torched for at least a few days. Like, we would skate for nine hours. Oh, and a lot of people did. I mean, yeah. we were running three sessions a day. We were open for nine hours a day. And there was there was a lot of kids that were just there from, from open to close. Yeah. And uh, it was bonkers. Those first, like, those first, like, five years... I mean, I remember before we had kids, Hannah and I would work like over 30 days, like straight. Like we wouldn't take oh, yeah. days off. We were there from like, we, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, like seven days a week for like a couple of months at a time. Like it, I, I it, was, it was nuts. I can attest to that. It was nuts. <laughs> I'm like, you, you guys sleeping at all? You're like, I've heard of it. No, 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 no <laughs> not really. I didn't sleep. Yeah. Um, and so during... During that time, I guess to go back a little bit, when you're coming up with your business model for that, it's based on like having a shop, right? Like you really need the shop to kind of at least balance it out, right? Yeah, it, was a symb- like- it was a symbiotic relationship for sure. You yeah. know, we weren't, um, we weren't doing, you know, like staying in business on just, you know, park admissions alone. Like we always kind of kept the park like kind of cheap, you know? Yeah. We definitely had a lot of people through the years who were like, you need to raise your prices, you need to raise your prices. It's like, well... Skateboarders are poor. Like, they don't want to pay. Like, um, you know, it's trying to always find a balance. But especially in the summer when people can be outside. It's like in the winter, you kind of have that. Right. You kind of have the market corner. But even, you know, we were air conditioned. So even on those days, dude, Vermonters are like, they don't like it hot, man. Like, people, it gets over like 70 and everyone's just like, oh, it's so hot, man. So we'd have, you know, we'd have that air on and people come inside, skate inside. Yeah, it's, I think, or I know I should say that when talent came, it was just such a game changer because we always had to relearn everything because we, we wouldn't skate for six months or, you know, right. you might mess around in the, be fucking around in a parking garage or something, but not really skating. And then once we were able to start getting those full year rounds, that's when you saw, you know, Dave and Colin, Marshall, all those guys just take off, you know, just steady right. progression. Um, so when was... When was it that you did the first rebuild of talent? How far in was that? That was like t- uh, 2009, 2010. We like, re- like redid the park in May of 2010. Okay. And we reopened with that iPath demo. Yep, I remember. With Jaws and um, Ben Rayborn and yep. Matt, Matt Rodriguez. Yeah, there was there were some epic demos over the years there. Yeah. Uh, Circa yeah. is one that I remember when uh, Colt Cannon, Apple Yard... And yeah, that was the grand opening. That was like kind uh, of like our official opening. Okay. That was March of two thousand and two. Yeah. Yeah, the Moscow was supposed to be there. Yeah. But he, he didn't show. Yeah. What a dick. Well, it was after nine eleven. He didn't want to fly. Well, right. He wasn't into flying at that point. Right. But yeah, that that yeah, Mark Appleyard and Chris Cole back then like. That, that those guys were sick. And that was before Chris Cole was even Chris Cole. If you go back, like, <laughs> I have like the raw footage. Of that demo, and if you go back and watch that, he's insane. Oh yeah, yeah. I would love to. I'd love to see that. Someday. He is insane. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to get you that footage. Do we gotta do? Should do something with it. Yeah, first. no doubt. Maybe we'll have a little, uh, little bonus golden hour feature. Don't quote me on that, but it's possible. Could could go down. That'd be cool. So, what was the whole motivation behind redoing it? Just felt like maybe it's time to freshen it up, bring in some. Yeah. Um. You know, like the first like. So when we first opened, like I said, it was bonkers, and it was kind of before people really shopped online. You know, you could shop online, but it was still kind of, like, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Iraq War, gas prices start going up, and we used to have people who, we had people coming from, like, we had a crew from, like, Queensbury, New York. We had a crew from Rutland. We had crew from St. Johnsbury. We had crew from Lebanon. Like, it was, there was, like, regularly... You know, car loads of kids coming up. And it's like, all right, cool. I need a deck, a pair of shoes. We'll go to talent, grab a deck, grab a pair of shoes, skate a session, and like hang out in Burlington. Yeah. Gas was like, you know, close to five bucks a gallon, you know, at one point back, you know, during Iraq. And people, you know, like all of a sudden that like that drive, you know, that hour and a half drive to, to Burlington. Well, you know, that's like a, now that's like a $70 round trip. Yeah. 
you know, to, to drive to Burlington back. So we started seeing that. That kind of started to impact sales. Like the numbers kind of started to fall off. And then with 2008 recession, the numbers really fell off. And we were, you know, like kind of like, oh, maybe the park, you know, maybe changing things up. Maybe we need to make it more challenging. Maybe we need, you know, all of a sudden there's like, when we first opened, there's nothing to skate. There's like, you know, the Burlington Park and the Colchester Park. Those are like the only parks around. Yeah, in the Burlington Park, we still had ramps from the old Temp Park back right. in the 90s. It was not a great park, you know. Like, I built that park. It was never really what I wanted to build. It was kind of, like, dictated what, it was what to build. Though. Yeah. It, it, um, it wasn't a great park. And we tried to build something. You know, that was our goal is always trying to build something for everybody. You know, have something, you know, have keep street skaters happy, keep ramp skaters happy, keep bowl skaters happy. Keep, you know, like, have something for everybody. Yeah. Um, so about, you know, like 2009, we started thinking about like, you know, let's maybe make the park bigger, make it a little bit more challenging. And we worked with our landlord and we had that ceiling before. Oh, yeah. They paid to like take the ceiling out, which allowed us to like, you know, go up and make everything a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't, that really didn't do much to bolster numbers at the park. And then by then, like, you know, kind of Amazon's a thing and, you know, shopping online was a lot more like normal. You know, it was, you could read reviews and the photos were better and people just felt comfortable with it. So then we really had started, um, you know, seeing a lot of people like come, oh, hey, I bought my shoes online. Oh, I bought, oh just, hey, can you grip this board I bought online? Like... And uh, like, yeah, but this park's not going to be here if you keep building it. And, you know, we told people that. We would tell people that. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you guys are killing it. Like, no, no, we're not. Three mil. You got three mil. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, like, from 2008, 2009, like, those were, like, our best years. Probably 2008, I think. And every year we were, like, 10% less, 10% less, 10% less, 10% less. Like, the numbers just kept, like, going in the wrong direction. And, you know, in hindsight... I think we got we we basically got done renovating the park, building the bowl, and like you know, kind of doing all this stuff. And then like the barracks came out, and you started like like started watching the barracks. You're like, wow, that's that's really different. Like that's a really different type of skate park. Yeah. And uh, I think at that point we kind of realized that we maybe maybe missed the mark a little bit as far as where the direction of where skate parks are going and what people wanted to see. More plaza. More plaza. More just kind of pushing around. More like, you know, what the new park is, really. Open space. Open space and just kind of like a bunch of spots in a room rather than like this big, you know, our park is kind of modeled after like, you know, a big northwest concrete park on on like a smaller indoor scale. Um you know, where you don't have to push and everything kind of links. You can kind of skate the thing all at once or breaks up into zones. Like, um, it's definitely a little bit more of a throwback style, but. Well, there, you know, there, it was an error. It was an error. And, uh, now there's a new chapter. Um, but I guess I keep saying this, but to go back again. So I remember I did a couple summers as like the camp counselor, director, whatever you want to call it there with you guys. And those are some good times. And like, you just, that was at a point where I was like, you know, my friends were moving away. I had moved away a few times, come back. And it was like still a way to be a part of it. And still, cause I always loved, you know, inspiring the kids and just raising up a new generation, you know? Right. And so here's a funny story as I was talking to LJ like maybe a year or two ago and he's like, dude, I used to hate you. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, why? He's like, cause you were my skate coach. And I was like, well, was I a bad coach? He goes, no, you were a great coach, but you made me wear pads even though my mom signed off that I didn't have to. And I go, dude, weren't you like seven? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's why I made you wear pads, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, got a lot of pushback on pads, but when you're t- like, Getting get kids to skate for six hours a day, you know, 30 hours a week, you're going to be out there skating like you're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. And like the more pads kids wear, the less we need to deal with my arm hurts, my wrist hurts, my knee hurts. Yeah. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Just put the pads on. Shut up. Yeah. And then the parents coming in. Why is little Timmy all broke off? Well, little Timmy's chose skateboarding. So right. if he's going to be a little bitch, then maybe this isn't for him. No, it's not for everybody. No, but that's, you know, that's the thing. Skateboarding is not for everybody, but we really tried to make it 
accessible for anybody, you know, because there are a lot mm. of people who, you know, they see skateboarding and, it, and it, it appeals to them. But it's hard, man. It's hard. It's scary. It's intimidating. I mean, I would think it's less intimidating now than it was 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many models that to, it's, right. it's everywhere. Right. It's not like when, I mean, I can only imagine when you were first starting, but, you know, I was at least 10 years behind you and you know one video a year maybe would come out you know now it's like you go online there's 50 new parts every day when when the search for animal chin came out like my friend had that and we all went to like my friend's brother's house and like there was like 10 or 15 people you know watching the search for animal chin on vhs when it first came out like like i'd never seen anything like that i think that might be the first skateboard video i ever saw and it was like Mine, yeah. was, mine was video days, for sure. But, um, so in terms of, like, your own skating, were you always, like, more of a tranny dog? Like, yeah, never really... I mean, I still can't kickflip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I remember trying to teach you. And, yeah. And, and, and I'm pretty sure you were flipping it. You just couldn't get that back foot on. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've landed a few. Like, I, for there was a couple years there where I was really into it, and I was really like, I'm going to do this. And uh, I think it just kind of comes down to it's not fun for me to just stand there and do the same thing over and over again to get that muscle memory. I'm like, I want to move. I want to, I want to, you know, I want to go fast. I want to like, yeah, it's always you know, that fine line when you go to skate where it's like, okay, doing the things you know you can do because it's really fun and then trying to learn new stuff, which can right. be super frustrating. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, in the, in the park, like definitely like pushed my, you know, I, I would go there later, you know, I'd, I'd be there after hours by myself sometimes and just like, all right, I'm going to like learn this. I'm going to do this. And you know, like, but it, you know, more ramp type stuff. That yeah. was more fun for me. Cause it, you know, again, you're moving, you're kind of going fast. And so not, what skaters, uh, would you say like when you were first coming up, like who was, who was some of your first inspirations? Um, I'm going to age you right here. Yeah. Really quick. <laughs> Tony Alva, Christian Hussoy, just like kind of all the Alva guys, like, you know, sort of that. They, they were like more of a gang than like a skateboard team. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you watch Search for Animal Chin and it was kind of hokey and silly. And you kind of just like, well, it's kind of whack, but the skateboarding's really good. So I'm just going to watch this for the skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you know, later dudes like Ricky Oyola, um, you know, when street skating started to come, like the dude, like. The dudes who went fast, you know, Ricky Ayola, Wade Spayer, oh, yeah, um, Omar Hassan, Jim Gagne, you know, he was from Massachusetts, so he was kind of like a local was he legend. he Black Label? Was yeah, he was on yeah. Black Label, yeah, yeah. He was from Greenfield, Mass. Oh, wow. He, like, came to Fitchburg and, like, did this rail at, like, the, at, um, the Fitchburg, uh, post office that, you know, everyone, like, oh, someone could do this rail, someone could do this rail, and he comes and does it, like. I love those stories. Yeah. Those, those hometown spots. Yeah. It's funny whenever pros would come here and they'd be like, Trev, show us some spots. And I'd they'd be like, I never would skate this thing. And I'm like, wow, you guys are pro. They're like, this ground is awful. <laughs> like, there's a crack three inches before it and you have no run up. <laughs> How did anybody do the things that they did here? You know, it's kind of like snowboarding though. Like you ride all these shitty conditions on the east and then you go out west. And that's right. why like, honestly, you see a lot of Vermont kids who go out west and they just, they're like, what do you mean? They're... There's ample run up and the spot's perfect and yeah. Um, so I feel like we should tell the story about when you went to uh, what was it called Top Shop, yeah? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and, and you know we don't have to get too into whatever debauchery may or may not have occurred. Yeah, I was mellow. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talk a little bit about you know who we went out there with and because that was it seemed like a very like. That was kind of like the first talent trip, if you will. Right? Yeah, no, that was super fun. I think we, I think we went three times. I think we did three trips. The first time it was Ryan Edwards, Marshall, Jordan, Colin, Cody. I think was the first time, and I think we won like we got furthest traveled. But I don't, th- I forget what place we came in. I don't think we were in the money that year. And and this is that third layer. Right? There's that third layer out in Minneapolis. Yeah, so yeah, we all flew yeah. out the third layer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was super fun. I was like you know team manager, like skate dad, like you know the Jordan and Colin and Cody have been doing these contests. They had been going to like all the damn am. So 
they were known. People knew who Colin was. People knew who Jordan was. Um, maybe Cookie went that year too. But then the next year we went and we had Ollie Reed. <laughs> it was like Oliver and God, Jordan, Colin. Maybe maybe Witta was living out there. I think we might have yeah, stayed at Witta's house. That sounds about right. He was going to photography he might, he, I think something. he skated on... I think he might have like entered, like been on like one of the team dudes. But all I know... So what I remember of that, we got like fourth place or something, won like 500 bucks, third place. I don't know. We yeah. still... We, we have one of those big checks. I wonder where that is. I think I thought <laughs> I'd give it to Colin, but... Um, he's probably got a stack of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's probably lost. It might actually, someone might actually brought it back. I might be hanging at the new talent. I don't, I, I don't yeah. remember. But uh, we, everyone had a pretty solid run. Like everyone was doing pretty good. Oliver was there. He was, he was a riot. He got out there. He, like he spent all of his money before he got there. Like in the airport buying pizza. So oh, he got sorry. out there. He's like, "Yo, I'm broke." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, well, I guess well, I'm guess I'm feeding you." <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all eating. I'm not gonna just. Um. Yeah, and uh, and you know what? He was, uh, dude. I, uh, yeah, he was. I had so much fun hanging out with him. He was great. He's a character. He's a character. <laughs> but so he takes his run and he does like nine different heel flip variations in his run. You know, varial heel, nollie heel, switch heel, like just nine heel flip tricks in his run and gets like a 93. Yeah. And I think he went second to last. And that like kind of put us like kind of in that upper tier, like we're in top 10 type of thing. And then Colin takes his run. And Colin like gets the highest scoring run of the weekend and we get like whatever it was, like fourth place or something. Yeah, we go and from... Doing all right. Yeah. Up in the running. So yeah, no, that that was that was pretty amazing. That was definitely a high point. Yeah. I remember uh, we took a trip, I think it was for Am Getting Paid, right? We went up to Montreal and we had, you know, probably a similar crew minus Ollie. But uh I just remember that was like my first time going on a trip with you or whatever. And I was like I wasn't there. Wait, you sure? I'm sure. I never I never went to any of those up in Montreal. Oh well, who am I thinking of? Well, might have to edit that. I wish I would. (laughs) (laughs) Pass me that uh, opener over there. Hell yeah. I should have gone. Well, I was... So at one of those um, Am Getting Paid, you know, they had the... You know, it's all weekend long. And on the... I think it's on the first night or whatever, we go to the club and, like, Ghostface Kill is playing. And I'm drinking shots with Ghostface and, like, you know, I just get belligerently drunk and I wake up on some random Montreal kid's floor at like five in the afternoon the next day and like <laughs> none of my friends are anywhere around. <laughs> this was like before cell phones or like maybe some people had them but I definitely didn't. And I just like roll into the contest at like, you know, 6.30 at night and everyone's like, dude, we've been calling all the hospitals and the jails. <laughs> like, like, where were you? I'm like, dude, I was up drinking with Ghostface all night. You know, like... What do you expect? Yeah, so you were in Montreal, we were in Minnesota. I bought like a 12-pack of Bush, and it, little did I know it was like that Mormon beer. You know, it's like 3.8%. I'm like, man, I'm drinking like a fucking champ tonight. Like, where'd you get those beers? That's the story. Like, yeah, it's, that's basically not alcohol. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, that's pretty much the opposite of Canada, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, around the time that you guys, so you redid Talent, and you said around 09 or something like that? Yeah, May, May of 2010. So the ceiling came out in September of 09, and uh, the park got redone in May of 2010. Okay, and so then let's talk a little bit about some of the people who were kind of instrumental in there. You know, you had, obviously, Ryan Edwards was kind of like yep. managing. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan worked there for a long time, was a manager for a long time. And, uh, yeah, he was, Ryan was awesome. He was, he was, he was an anchor. He got he's so a, he was a rock. that time, too. Dude, he's all, he was always so good. He yeah. was always so good. Yeah, he still is. I remember his part for uh, Good Things. We filmed it in, like, two weeks. I was living in California, and I came back, and it was, like, cold, cold weather to the point where I'd have to wear gloves to film him, and he'd just get, like, five clips every day. He was unfazed by any, anything around. Like, it didn't matter. He could just, like, focus. Yeah, he's like a pinball. When you see him in the bowl, he's just bing, bing, bing. Yep. Yep. Um, So who else were some of the other people who were kind of, you know, through the years 
Uh, Josh Liu was a big part. You know, he was uh, he was kind of like you know one of Dave Abair's you know mentors early on, like both from you know from like the St Albans area, and like Josh was like a staple at the park for a long time, and you know just was always involved. Uh, Richie Bowen, uh-huh. Richie was you know he. He'd, uh, always, he was always down to help. I mean, he helped me build a lot of parks and helped me do a lot of the renovation work. And he was just always around. He was a, you know, he's a ripper. Like, he, I went on a lot of, like, skate trips with him. And he was, like, always, like, the, he was, like, our, I don't know, he was always, like, the one good dude, like, in our crew. We'd have, like, this, you know, like, bunch of, like, old dudes, you know, just kind of, like, you know, crusty old dudes with skate balls. And then we had, like, Richie. He was your validation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um... And and no no shyness of uh you know comic relief or... right exactly yeah I know when he was like I'm gonna be a comedian I was like yep of course you're <laughs> yeah. that makes sense you you've been all the while yeah. you just haven't been calling yourself <laughs> <laughs> and then uh you know Mikey forever Mikey X working at the park forever holding it down um oh yeah I remember John Haro back in the day Haro. before he moved out west yeah. He was there. Bro held time. it down for a few years there. You know, he he was definitely like our style council. Yep. <laughs> Make, making sure we kept everything proper. Um, and, you know, sorry if anyone gets left out, but obviously there have been too many videos oh, man, over so the many years. People, you know, yeah. Alex Weiss and Dugan worked there forever. LJ worked, you know, teaching camp and, and, and being there for a long time. Sevo. Yeah, actually ran into Sebo the other day at Winooski. He's back from China. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back. I've seen him a few times. I go, where you been? He goes, yeah, a, a lot of places. I haven't seen you in ten years. <laughs> like, yeah, fair enough, dude. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I was his skate coach too. I guess, but then we taught camp together too, and so I didn't think. I don't know. Sometimes I forget I'm as old as I am. I'm like, no, I couldn't have been your coach. You're like not that much younger than me. He's like, dude, I'm a lot younger than you. <laughs> but you know. And you can't leave out like Jay Rich, because mm-hmm. Jay Rich rips. Oh, absolutely, that's um, my man right there. Nate Benner, Nate Benner held it down for a few years. He was a, a, a valuable member of the team. Yeah, missed that dude. He's a what is he a doctor? He's now? a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I see. You know, all these people who worked for us at one point or the other. You know, like I, you know, someone like Sevo who's like gone to China and like you know just has this fantastic career. Edmo, who's like gone on to do you know amazing things. Yes. Widow. Widow. Can't forget about Widow. That's right. Widow. Widow was one of our first skate coaches. Flicking photos at the Playboy Mansion and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I bought a moped off of Widow's dad. It was this little forty nine cc. I remember that moped. And there was like we we called it the summer of peds because he had another one too, and we would just like get on the interstate with them. We'd be going. Yeah, we were. It was. It was a good thing that thing got stolen because something bad was bound to happen. You know, <laughs> you just feel invincible when you're on a 49cc moped, and then I wouldn't know. <laughs> you get one or two in you and realize, no, it's probably not a good idea that the headlight went out and I'm still driving it home. Um, but yeah, those were some some good times, and so I guess now we we'll fast forward a little bit. So, so at what point did you guys realize? Sadly, you had to close. I mean, it was kind of a long time coming. Yeah. You know, the, the writing, like I said, every year it was like 10% less, 10% less, 10% less. And it just, it kind of got to a point where it wasn't really sustainable. You know, Hannah had taken another job. I was working like pretty much all the open hours just so we didn't have to pay somebody else to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, camps were still going good and, you know, it was okay during the winter, like, but it just, there were so many other places to skate. A-Dog had opened, and, you know, Burton's got, you know, the bowl and the ramp, and, yes. you know, Winooski and Essex, and, you know, there's just there's just other options. There's just other places to skate. And and, and like I said before, there's, there's people, people used to come from St. Johnsbury and, and Lebanon and, you know, all these other places, and now everybody's got a park. Yeah. There's parks everywhere. Yeah, you built them. <laughs> Shot yourself in the foot, would you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, and that, the whole thing was, you know, like a rising tide lifts all boats. So, like, you know, like, hey, let's just build more parks. Yeah, more yeah. parks, more skaters. It's better for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't regret any of that. Like, that's just what I wanted to do. Like, I like building parks. and um, But I think by, like, 2015, 2016, the writing was kind of on the wall, and we were just kind of riding it out. 
And then in like 2018, um, somebody else wanted the space. They were, you know, we were kind of like on a year to year lease type of thing. And we had been on like, you know, the landlord had been kind of helping us out. And they were basically like, look, man, we can't, we can't keep. We need you know, to sign a Yeah, yeah, like you, you need to sign a long term yeah. lease at market rate. And, you know, we kind of can't keep you on life support. Like, you know, we kind of helped you out for a few years thinking things would turn around. But, like, if, if it's not going to turn around, then, you know, we can't keep doing this forever. And I, I think at that point we were just like, you know, it's it's time to do something else. And so when you decide you're closing, you know, you kind of have, like, this date, right, where you have to be out by. Right. And so I remember you, you liquidated pretty much everything, right? So we did. You know, all the product was a lot cheaper, and it was more like, "Hey, what can we get out of this, right? How can we, how can we kind of like get, get back a little bit, right?" And where did, what happened with most of the ramps? Um, everything went somewhere pretty much. I mean, from so we announced we were closing sometime around now in twenty eighteen. It was like June of twenty eighteen that we well, like we announced we're closing. Yeah, and. That last six weeks, we had to be out of there by like the first weekend in August. So we knew we had like six weeks. And that six weeks was, it was like the beginning again. It was like people came out of the woodwork. It was, it, once again, it was bonkers. All of a sudden people were coming to skate. People were, were, were booking sessions. People were shopping. Never know what you have till it's gone. Right. And that's the thing. People will come in and be like, dude, you can't close. What, what do you mean you're going to close? We're like, Where you been? I'm like, fuck, <laughs> dude, I haven't seen you in six years. You know, you got shoes. You got a board. Where you been buying them? You know, like yeah. we've been telling people if you don't shop here, you don't support us, we're not going to be here. Yeah. And you can't close. Like, dude, I don't, I don't have a choice. I have to. Like, we I got, I got have kids. to close. <laughs> I got a mortgage. Um, but the, those six weeks are awesome because people came out of the woodwork and we had great sessions. And, like, it was, you know, we were selling out sessions again, turning people away. Like, dude, we're, sorry, man, we're, we're, we're full. Come back for the next session. Yeah. Uh, which we hadn't really had that in a long time. And, uh, yeah, we liquidated everything. We had a big sale. We, you know, we just got rid of everything. All the ramps went places, you know. Some some ramps went to Maine. The ball went to Bolton. The, um, you know, the some went to a warehouse in Williston, and I think they're gone now. But they were set up in a warehouse in Williston. Um, some other, you know, they were in people's yards. They went. I think there's one down at some of the, the pyramid might be down in Plainfield. Like everything went someplace. I mean, we really didn't throw much away. When everything was done, I put all the wood out back in the parking lot. Put a post on Instagram like. Hey, free wood. And like someone came and took it all. Like just like two by fours with nails sticking out of them. People took all that stuff. That's but uh, yeah, like that six weeks was, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see everybody and, uh, and have the place just like kind of go. We went out with a bang. Last two rounds. Yeah, there was, there was, you know, I think you were there for a lot of like oh, yeah. good late night sessions and, you know, some, some shit went down and we had a good time yeah. and, um, uh, and like in in looking what happened with the pandemic and everything, there's no way we ever would have survived uh, that. We would have gone we would have gone out of business anyway. And instead of going out with a bang, we would have gone out with a whimper. Like there wouldn't have been any parties. There wouldn't have been a liquidation sale. Like it would have been it would have been hard to close. Mm-hmm. It would have been hard to get rid of everything. The way it happened, I I, I really you know I I wasn't happy about it at the time, and I'm still not happy about the way it all went down. Really, but. It is what it is. It, it, it was, I can say it was for the best. Yeah. You know? And now, so now we got the new talent, which, you know, obviously no one no one else could have been better for the job of building it. Um, how did you feel about, you know, the new space? And I know you kind of like stepped away from more of the business end of it as much as that's possible, but, you know, you were definitely still built it and whatnot, yeah, right? Yeah, I like the space. I mean... The fact that Burton is the landlord I, is is really cool. They've been great to work with. Um, the the price is right. You know, it's a little bit smaller space. The rent is is cheaper, so it's you know it, it's an easier it's an easier monthly payment. The 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 place doesn't have to do the business. I mean, we had to, you know, like. I don't. I don't remember what it was. You know what it was. Twelve, fifteen. You know, fifteen thousand dollars a month or something that was like Bottom. between rent, electricity, yeah. heat. You know, payroll, everything. You know, 
it was a big nut to crack every month. Yeah. Um, that's a lot more manageable now. And Burton, under, you know, they understand skateboarding. They embrace it. Um, so, you know, the space is a little bit smaller. It would have been nice to be a bigger space, but that's the space we had. And Do you think the location where it is now is, do you think it's comparable in terms of, like, how accessible it is and everything? Or um, I think a lot of people like the location better. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's already a destination. of you know, People already go there to skate with the bowl and the mini ramp being there. So mm-hmm. that's already a destination. It's off the bike path. It's, a, you know, it's off the bus routes. It's a little bit easier for kids to get there, I think. Um, you know, Burton has big plans for that building. You know, whether the, all those plans, you know, come together or not remains to be seen. But if, if the plans do come together for that space... Um, it'll it'll be a you know drive really really good for talent. Yeah, that's cool. I remember when we first kind of met to talk about what you're gonna build there, and you gave me all the different shapes, and you're like, "How would you remember? How would you yeah. organize this?" It, it's <laughs> funny because you know we basically kind of took the old park and put it in the new space, and that's kind of what we were going with for a while, and it just wasn't sitting good with me. Yeah, and at one point. Like, once we kind of got in there and, like, could roll around in there a little bit and, like... Feel it out. Feel it out a little bit. I'm like, we're gonna, we're doing something totally different. Let's just do something totally different. Yeah, it's more definitely more, like, plaza style and kind of, like... Yeah, just I like the open space. Yeah. Because, like, these, honestly, like, granted, I'm getting older and whatnot, but, like, these days, people really want to just be able to cruise, too, and it's, like, nice to have some good flat ground and just, you know, you can skate the obstacles, but if it's all just obstacles 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 it kind right. of just makes for a shit show because not like how many people can really skate in a certain obstacle at a time anyway right. you know the, the old park if you couldn't drop in on a five foot tall quarter pipe you couldn't skate there yeah. um so it wasn't it was a lot harder for people it, it wasn't as it wasn't as good for beginners and i think the role that talent sees itself and the role I see it as at this point is a place for people to come and learn how to skate yeah, there's all these other places to skate there's A-Dog you know all the other places we've talked about yeah um, but I think the role of talent is to try and be kind of like that first step yeah. come you know come here and yeah you can just push around a flat ground you don't you don't need to ride a ramp you could you could go there and skate and never actually touch a ramp yeah, just procure the opportunity to like... Yeah, and then you have the camps going too and all that. So right. and, and it is still fun for people who skate, skate, but yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm like more of a ramp bowl skater and I can go there and have a really good time. I, I, I like skating there. Yeah, it was fun when uh, when Cookie had his pro launch or whatever and we... That was awesome. We got people in there. Yep, know. yep, no, that was great. And then um, the iHomie screening, which was um, forever, we'll be thankful, Sean will... You know, we're both of course super happy that we we're able to do it there. And it, out of all the premieres, all the years of making videos, that one was special. It's hard to exactly put my finger on why, but I think part of it was that we had this idea we were going to do it outdoors at Oak Ledge, and then that kind of got wishy washy. And then we're like, wait a minute, the obvious thing is to do it at Talent, you know? And it kind of came together last minute, and it just seemed mm-hmm. like all the right people were there. You know, we didn't really promote it too much it was pretty much like a little word of mouth thing and they went great yeah Good i mean and actually one of the best sessions i've had there was um was was a session for dave yeah that um, was amazing you know because like talking about people from back in the day we once so a couple of the first demos that we had were uh was we had zoo york and we had harold hunter come yeah he stayed on my couch <laughs> Yeah, of course he did. I brought him to Alibaba's, and in the morning I wake up, and Harold just pulls out his half-eaten kebab out of his pocket that he had been sleeping on all night. Yeah, it was him and Billy Rohan. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he said, he's like, you guys, he's like, you know, you guys have this great thing, but he's like, you're going to lose kids. Like, kids, kids are gonna, you're going you're gonna to lose kids. And uh, Hannah and I didn't really know, we didn't really, it didn't really, like, hit us like that. We are just like... What are you even talking about? But you, we've lost a few kids, you know. Like there's been kids that were part of our part of our lives, you know, part of our community, but like really part of our lives, you know. Like Sean and Dave, especially, you know, like they were like part of our life at a re, you know like at a really important part of our life. You know, the beginning of talent. They were both there for the beginning. I mean, Sean was there 
his dad did the alarm system and like Sean was there like helping like yeah. get the place built. You know, he was there since before day one. Um, and Dave was like one of the first kids who, you know, he was started coming like, you know, right off the bat. One of probably put in the most actual sweat in the history of not only just talent but skateboarding in general. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> he was up. he was there, he was a fixture. He was he was a part of the place. And, and his like, mom and dad would be out there in the waiting to pick him up and if he wasn't if he didn't do that trick he was not coming out until right. it was done. Right. <laughs> He'd be like, Come on. Yeah. Um you know, so to 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 have a session for him in the new spot, like That, that was a, that was a good night. Yeah, it was a good night. And having all the homies here from SF and yeah. out in Hawaii and all that. Yeah, and a lot of them. It's funny because they were Dave's like best friends from the West, but I had never met them because they were from a different chapter in his life. And right. I mean, you know, of course he had had me Facetime with them countless times when he you know talked to Trav, but I had never met him in person. And now you know those are all my peoples now too. So right I guess if there's one good thing that comes of people's passing is it brings people together. You know. But yeah, that was a heated session. And Marshall in there. Yeah. Getting loose. Yeah. Burroughs, who still to this day, miraculously, is still skating, like, incredible. You know, he's... he's well, he hasn't aged. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't. I'm like, dude, what's going on here? Yeah, shout out Burroughs. That's, that's the homie for sure. Um, so now that things have kind of transitioned for you, what are you doing these days here? You're still building, but maybe a little a little different than you yeah. once were. Yeah, I'm doing just just regular construction. I'm doing kitchens and painting. I'm you know doing just whatever. You're Replacing your own boss. doors. Yeah, yeah. I'm just working for myself, doing construction. You know, replacing doors and windows and just whatever else. Yeah, you know? and you had Driscoll on on the team for. I, I had Driscoll year. on the team for a while. Yeah, he uh, he's back out in L.A. for now. He's, he he keeps saying he's gonna come back. But, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, he also was saying he was going there for about six months. So you know, I I think, I mean, you know, we're on chain time. When we're yeah. talking about this. I don't know if you saw his episode where he was on with Justin, but he talks about how he like hides his smokes in, outside of your car, like in the wheel and shit like that when he's done or something. I don't know. I'll have to go back. I and, haven't seen him. Yeah, I'll have to I, go back and watch it, but I, it's pretty hilarious. I watched Collins, but yeah. I haven't, I didn't know Shane So you guys it. were working on Bernie Sanders' house at, a, at some point? Uh, you know, uh, I don't like to drop names. All right. <laughs> um, I was just going to, I was just going to wonder if you had any, you know, run-ins with the Secret Service or anything like that. I don't know. No, 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 no nothing crazy like that. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, shit, it's been a pleasure having you on here. What do you see uh, for the future, you know, beyond just, like, talent, but, like, kind of, where do you think skateboarding's at right now, and where's it going? 
Um, man, I don't even know. Like I like I said earlier, like it's it, it can be whatever you want it to be. So it's it's kind of it's kind of for everybody. It's I don't know. I don't I don't really know where it's going. That's it's uh, it, it's it's come so far. It's just such a cool thing that um, I've kind of you know it was such an important part of my life for so long. You know I lived it. My job for seventeen years was going and hanging out at the park. You know that's that's what I just went and hung out at the park and like I ordered skateboards and I ordered shoes and I sold skateboards and I sold shoes and I watched kids skate and I tweaked the park to try and make it better for what I saw kids doing. You know and. Um, after 17 years, it was just time to do something else, and, and I've really taken a big step away from skateboarding. Uh, you know, I'm I'm 10 years older than you. And, you know, it's like <laughs> when you're skating, like you start getting a little bit older. You're like, oh man, you get hurt so easy. And like when you get a little bit older than that, like you don't even like you, you just get to hurt. Skate. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you don't. Nothing even needs to go wrong for you to hurt. Like you yeah. just skate, like have a good session. Don't even slam, and the next day you're like, oh man, I can't move. I mean. I like I like pulled a muscle trying to like scratch scratch an itch on my back the other day, you know. It's so it's um so enjoy it while it lasts, yeah. kids, because you're not gonna be rubber forever. You know um, what I'm but uh, you know, I just it's it's crazy because there's just so many good places to skate now. Town, more and more towns just keep building concrete parks. You know, people ta- all these towns are building parks that you can skate for free that were stuff that I dreamed about as a kid, you know, like I, when I came up, all the parks had closed, you know, all the, you know, all the, you know, Cherry Hill in New Jersey and Del Mar and Upland, like all those parks, those were all gone by the time I started skating, but you could see pictures of them and, and, and whatnot and be like, oh man. And what was that all about? Like, was it more like a liability thing? Or I think a lot happening? of them were poorly built yeah. for one, you know, like there wasn't. Nobody really knew how to build skate parks. But it was just like swimming pool contractors building parks. And some of them were good and some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. And some of them were dangerous and a lot of them were unskatable. So a lot of them just closed because they sucked. Yeah. Um, and then skating just and, took and a huge And skating step. took a huge dive. Yeah. But, you know, we, you know, growing up like, oh, I wish I could skate Del Mar, you know? Like, all that stuff was gone by the time I started skating. So... To have all these concrete parks now that are just like, they're all awesome. So, you know, it's, no. it's I don't know, with all these parks that, that are being built, like, skateboard is not going anywhere. Yeah. Are you still for hire to build parks? Sure. I'll, I'll build parks. Right. How can people uh, get at you if they want to? Uh, custom Skate Park at AOL. Hit them up. That's, that's, wanna, that's my email address. If you want a custom woodsy skate park. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll do backyard way. ramps and stuff. I mean, the price of wood's crazy. I mean, I don't even know, like... How you'd even now? Now, is there some irony in the fact that your last name is Wood, and then you became someone who built skate parks out of wood, or was that just your destiny, or what? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that was preordained. I don't know. <laughs> right. um, I always wanted to build concrete parks. I've done some concrete work. You know, my buddy Michael Parker. Shout out Parker yeah, Skate out. Parker Construction. Shout out Michael, um, the homie. I got to get in touch with him. I've done some work with him. Uh, he did the Brattleboro Park. I did all like the metal fabrication for that skate park. So like anything that got welded down there, like I welded that up. So you know, I was involved in that concrete project, and uh, you know that's that's the thing with skateboarding. Like I was never that good at skateboarding. I always loved skateboarding, but I was never that good at it. And my way to be involved was. To build stuff to skate, I can relate. I mean, that's that's yeah. why you picked up a camera. Yeah, I mean, not gonna, I'm not gonna. Shit, I'm not gonna turn pro. What can I do? Yeah, it took me a little while to really, to really stomach that realization. But you know, when your friends are Marshall Heath and Colin Hale and Dave Abear, you kind of start to realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where right. things are going. Right, like that's the thing. You look around and you're like, all right, I know like 20 people who skate and like. I'm not one of the better ones. Yeah. I, my future in this like endeavor is pretty limited unless I find another avenue. Yeah, I was with Clint. Actually, we went down to Johnson on Saturday, and uh, we were just kind of having that whole discussion, and Clint was trying to like compare us to everyone else, and I'm like, Clint, there's definitely a tier between you and I, bro, so let's not get that twisted. Like, you know, you were... Skating ten stair handrails twenty years ago, dude. Yeah. Like I never was jumping on those things. It's funny, like you know, Burlington. You know, Burlington's like a lot of kids who skate, like Marshall, like Ollie, like you know, you know, Nolly Flip, Crooked Grind, like Flat Ground Box. So we open when we open talent. 
this there's this dude there who's like skating the vert wall, like going fast, going big. I'm like, who, who's this dude? It's Clint. Yeah. Clint was he was like right from day one. He was a ripper and he was a big dude. He skated fast. He like went big. Yeah, it was. He was a gnarly dude. It was cool when I went out to uh, I moved out to you know the Bay in 2008 and Clint had already lived there for about a year, and so my girlfriend at the time and I moved out and we just. We went and stayed on Clint's couch for the first week while we, you know, looked for a, an apartment and whatnot. And Clint became like my my. We were already homies, but he was my. You know, it was nice to move somewhere and already have someone who was a little settled in. Could right. show me the ropes. I mean, he did live like in the cut where like he, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the projects, but they weren't far. You know, <laughs> I could see him. Yeah, they weren't far. You didn't. You didn't want to miss the last bus going out that way and get stuck, you know, in, in the Richmond or one of those areas out there. But um, yeah. So we were down in Johnson. They had a little contest to benefit the Johnson Skate Park right, on right. Saturday. Got to see Colin, and we went and skated Johnson State College. And nice. And by we skated, I mean they skated, and you know, I, I filmed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a good time. Um, so. Papa of two. How old are the kids these days? Uh, fourteen and seventeen. All right, there yeah. you go. You're just hitting that uh, that fun age, huh? Oh, the, the fun <laughs> ages are long behind us. It's all business now. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, high school. Look at a college. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, shout out. It's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like. You know, if I go a couple years without seeing them, or at least, you know, going back a few years ago, and I'm like, do they remember me? Because I remember when you were born. I remember holding you when you were just a little nugget. Yeah, yeah no, Ada grew up of talent. She's working a talent now. Oh, cool. Yeah, so. Nice. She's doing well. That's awesome. And yeah, we'll be looking forward to having Hannah on the show at some point. You know, I was kind of like, should we have them both on? But I really think it's it's nice to just have each of you tell your own side of the stories. And, you know, I'm sure you get to see each other enough. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she was always the brains of the operation. You know, she always did She always did the stuff that nobody wanted to do. I, I did all the fun stuff, like build ramps, order skateboards, order shoes. And, like, you know, she did the accounting and she did the payroll. And, you know, she did all the... the babysitting. Yeah. She did all the hard <laughs> stuff that, you know, that all the thankless tasks that no one really realizes... It you know goes on behind the scenes at, at, at any business. Big shout out to Hannah. Big shout out. You know we love you. Um, absolutely. With the pandemic and everything, like it was, it was a lot. You know, and, and Hannah really, she really sacrificed a lot to try and just keep the place going through through the pandemic. And um, I was kind of the point where I was like, all right, I, I, I'm. I'll get more involved. I'll, I'll start, you know, helping you out with some stuff. I'll work every other Saturday or something so you can have some Saturdays off. And then yeah. we, had, we had the house fire. So our dryer caught on fire. So now it's like I'm trying to get our house put back together. I'm trying to finish, you know, like, you know, these uh, this big job I got going on. I have all these other little jobs going on. It's just like. Got to get Driscoll back here, man. I know, dude. You, you left me hanging. Driscoll, come on, dude. Where are you at, bro? I hit him up like every month, like you, you, you pay your rent for the month, the coming month yet? <laughs> Shit. He, paid, he, he paid June already. All right. Fuck. Maybe we'll get him here in July. Maybe, maybe. Yep. We'll see. Um, so talent's now a nonprofit, right? Talent is a nonprofit. Okay. And so. It means you can donate yeah. and write it off. Okay. Yeah, you hear that? So, talentscapepark.org. All right, we'll put a we'll put a couple of links in the description here. One, two, if you want to hire Dave to build some skate ramps for you. I also do uh, kitchens and bathrooms. Okay. Doors, windows, siding. I don't do roofs. Yeah, no, I, I did roofing for one summer and forget about it. Yeah, no, forget about it. Now, no. now, now, I put one back on, but there's no in hell I'm pulling shingles ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not built for it. To to be insured to do roofs is like twice as much as like it would cost me twice as much in, in insurance to do roofs as what I pay now, and oh. I don't like doing roofs. So yeah, yeah it sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't need to do roofs. Yeah, so not roofs, but if you want other shit built, holler yeah. at Woodsy. Um, and so, you know, at this point, you've been through, you know, all these different chapters, if you will, of skateboarding, you know, talking about from watching Animal Chin to, you know, vert days, and then starting to build parks, you know, owning your own park and shop, and then closing it, and then building another one. What would you say 
if any, do you have any regrets about any of the stuff? Or are there is there anything that maybe if someone was going to ask you, you know, give me some pointers, like maybe one or two to-dos and what not to-dos along that whole... I mean, if I could jump in a time machine and go back and talk to myself... Um, I would have made three mil. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you know, you look at what, what the barracks did. Uh, I definitely would have like done a different remodel in 2010. And uh, I just never saw like how like you can build an entire brand on YouTube. You know, like yeah. how what the barracks did and like being internet famous and like what that all entailed. Like I'm just a little bit old, I think, for that technology. Well, it helps know? when it's Eric Costin and Steve Barrett. Yeah, no, no, no for know? sure, for sure. But I mean, there's <laughs> other people. I mean, look at Revive Skateboards, you know, like just... That, that, that's a whole brand that was launched because of YouTube, you know, like somebody figured out that that's a vehicle, you know, you're going to reach, you could potentially reach tens, hundreds of millions of people through your YouTube channel. And, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, like I'm that, that, that went right over my head. I'm expecting this episode to have at least a million. So, yeah. you know, this is going to have tens of views, yeah, tens of views, <laughs> tens of views. Also, while I'm thinking of it, we need everyone, please just go hit that subscribe button. Because it's free and it takes a second and then you'll know we're trying to put these out every week if you like them click like uh, If there's guests that you would want to see on the show in the future uh, hit us in the comments and uh, Yeah, we'll try to keep them moving and uh, You know, this has been a one-of-a-kind guest with mr. Dave Woods Woodsy